Welcome to PD Podcast, where we talk to interesting people about interesting things going on in the Elyria schools. Now your host, Amy Higgins. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to PD Podcast on a beautiful day. Hello, Marty. Hello. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say what? A beautiful day? <laughs> about that thing that just I'm not happened. saying anything about it. You brought it up. <laughs> I forgot to hit record. Yeah, so <sighs> this is we take were going two. To tell them. Again. I know. I know. Secret. I thought that was part of Hollywood. You're supposed to like <laughs> no, know the, these things, the but not tell people. Right? Hollywood's very dishonest. <laughs> I know. We're we are not. Yes, this is take two. Um, you guys out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We're here today with our uh, lovely social workers, Chantil Jackson and Marissa Pelsozzi of Elyria Schools. Welcome, ladies. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're primed and ready for this uh, <laughs> podcast because we just went through it once already as a practice. That was intentional, right? Exactly. <laughs> completely planned that, yes, uh, that Marty was sense. testing you. Thank you for you. doing that, Thank Marty. You. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yes. Now we Anytime. know when the button is green, <laughs> stop and push it because it has to be red. <laughs> well, it looks the same to me right now. Oh, yeah, that's but right. Marty's colorblind. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it is my fault. Turning. I should have been It watching. is your fault. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now we all know. Now we all know. I got those glasses and they didn't do anything. Oh, oh really? Uh, it, may, it makes everything look a little brighter, but oh, huh. it's like the brighter color of what I was already seeing that I didn't know what it was. <laughs> well, that's not helpful at all. Oh, no. Jeez, I hope you didn't pay a lot for those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, this, is a, this was a great test. We, we had a moment here mm-hmm. where our system um, wasn't running, um, you know, I guess we'd call that operator error we yeah. had a mistake at least i wasn't flying a jetliner exactly or doing surgery oh right goodness. it's not like yeah. but you know we had a couple roads to take in that mm-hmm. moment to be upset about it or to be positive about it and move on which is a perfect perfect segue <laughs> into our conversation today on interpersonal relationships and making them work right right yes We're talking especially today about workplace interpersonal relationships. We know interpersonal relationships um, span all kinds of um, connections in your lives. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, but what's kind of the definition of interpersonal relationships? Connections with uh, family, friends, what's that look like in in your world? I just think of it as that word connection. So any connection that we might have with somebody, any um, commonality, any camaraderie that we feel with somebody, that to me is what encompasses interpersonal. Right. And as you just mentioned, it spans from um, your intimate relationships to your workplace relationships to your social settings or religious settings or parent-child um, family relationships. So it, it covers a scope of things. Mm-hmm. And all relationships are going to have their ups and downs, right? Um, and it, it's kind of a, a, a different kind of um, setup, though, yeah. when you talk about workplace relationships, because 
we do form connections with people that we work with closely. And a lot of great friendships are built on workplace relationships and they can carry on for many years. Absolutely. I know for me, I have most of my very best friends right now have stemmed from my first jobs. Um, Back in a residential that I worked at, I I vacation with those friends still. Um, We are very close, but that doesn't come without its ups and downs at times. Yeah. And especially um, when you're in a situation at work where maybe the um, emotion is high Mm -hmm. or the stress is high and uh, you find yourself uh, looking to lean on someone maybe. Mm -hmm. And there's a delicate balance there, right? Right. So you you want to be sure that you are exerting your boundaries when you're leaning on that person. And one of the things that we talked about is having a thought partner or an elbow partner at work. So that way, when something does come up, rather it's work related or personal related. And, but if it's impacting your job, you still need to have someone to process that with. Um, So having those partners at work that you can go on a walk with or have a lunch with and converse about whatever is challenging you. Now, where does elbow partner come from? It just sounds to me like <laughs> he's, jab, he's jab jabbing the, the air right now. For jab him in the stomach not with quite your elbow that way, say, Marty. No, don't say that. Elbow partner, like the person who's at your elbow, your buddy that you can chat with about things or walk down the hall with or go get a drink of water to take a break. That kind of elbow partner, Marty. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> in, in the COVID era, it's like three foot or six foot elbow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Air high five partners. (laughs) Hopefully we're moving out of that. Hopefully we're moving out of that. But every um, time you say elbow partner, I think of someone, (laughs) my wife jabbing me on the gut. Well, that's probably part of it too. That's probably part of it too. Like get yourself together. (laughs) That's true. I like to use the term thought partner. How's that? Does that work for you? Okay. I like that. You know, one of the things. Mind melding. Yeah. Mind melding. Mind melding partner. Ah. You know, like the aliens do when they come down and probe you and mind meld with oh. you. I haven't been probed lately. <laughs> I, I, I don't I know. Ever. I, I haven't <laughs> melded either. So, <laughs> never heard of mind meld? No, no but oh. that's really funny. <laughs> I'm terrified, though, actually. <laughs> We didn't talk about any of this in take one, (laughs) but, um, you know, one of the things I think that we did talk about and something that uh, I think you have to be careful about when you are, um, you know, on your little um, walk or stroll or whatever it might be with your partner, um, you make sure that you're keeping the conversation at a healthy point and not um, commiserating about something that it, which just really downgrades the situation even further. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I think when you have that go-to person, it's really important to put a cap on it. So um, when I worked at the residential where some of my best friends that I met are or were, um, we used to have this area in the residential that had blue tile and we called it the lake. And we would shoot a text, shoot an email, like meet at the lake. And we would go (laughs) there and we would literally take five maybe seven minutes. Um, and we put a cap on our complaining. So everybody got a chance if they were upset about something to really just share like, Oh my gosh, can you believe that happened? It was confidential and it was capped. And once we were done, we just sort of left it at the lake and went back and did our jobs because it can really overtake your mood. If you stay stuck in that complaint or stuck in that negativity. 
Yeah, and and something you uh, made the point to say before uh, Chantel too was the that you can't, you know, it's important not to to commiserate or or you know that's maybe like not unload. the best word unload like mm-hmm. where you're not thinking about like moving on from that situation, but you can't harbor it either, right? Right. So um, we talked about the concept of what the timing of your reaction to certain things and. A lot of times we need some processing before we respond or it's going to be more emotional than it needs to be or more emotional than what would be healthy. And that could also cause some damage to that interpersonal relationship. And we have to continue to work with these people. So yes, we, we want to make sure we don't do that. Um, but we, it's important that we... First of all, we talked about asking yes. if I can have this yes. conversation with you. Are you in a space where I can talk to you about this? And we, in that moment, talked about some of the tears mm-hmm. before we even have that conversation. So I don't know. Yeah, if it's not one of your really close friends at work that you can just kind of bust in their room and say, can we talk right now? Do you have a minute? You know, we have maybe some acquaintances that we do need to solve a problem with or we do need to talk to them about something. So maybe just shooting them an email and saying, hey, when you have time, can we chat about this? Or, hey, I want to I want to process what happened at that meeting. Can you give me a can you give me some time this week? So throwing it out there and respecting their time. Um, and letting them know you do need to talk and it can be when, when it's good for them as well. And you really do need to know your audience too, right? Because I, I love that you brought that up that, you know, you have these various tiers of, um, relationships in your lives and, you know, it would be really weird to show up at the new person's office and say, Hey, you got a minute. I need to unload. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Really awkward for that person. Right. Right. You Maybe also, a, <laughs> you got to train them. You got to start it out right. Like, okay, this so bring them off in. Bring them off in with you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come in here periodically, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, you know, unloading. Yeah. Give them a I know order. we've just met. Yes, yes. It's just part of the the gig here. Right. But um, but seriously, it's it's important to um, respect people's space and respect. Their mind space, right? It is. Right. And one of the things, like with the emails we were talking about, is if it's something that was super emotionally charged, maybe drafting that email yes. and waiting. And Marissa had a very good time frame of when we should, how we should wait to respond. I think for me, at least, if I'm emotionally charged, you know, you made a good point. Write it in a draft because it's it's hitting the key points and we want to remember some of those key points but i said maybe if it's not time sensitive sleeping on it and then looking at it because we really the time does change our emotions i also like to ask myself in a situation is what's going on going to last is this going to matter next week? Is it going to matter next month? Is it going to matter next year? And sometimes it really puts the situation in perspective of where I need to land emotionally. Right. And that goes back to what you were asking us, Amy, about not harboring those things. So sleeping on it is wonderful. um, But sometimes we should not just let it go. Often we don't want to send the email right away because it doesn't really capture our point or what we are trying to explain. Um, because you're just so overwhelmed with how you're feeling in that moment. But you don't want to allow things to just kind of fester and never be addressed because not only will it impact your mental health and that relationship, 
But if it's something that really bothers you, it may also impact your work and the children that we're serving and the people that are around us. So you don't necessarily want to send something right away that is not healthy, but you don't want to hold on to things or harbor any emotions. And and you have to be careful with email and workplace settings for sure, because, um, you know, it's very easy to write how you're feeling, even if you're not upset, you, you're just direct maybe. Right. And we said this before, but you know, unless you're putting a whole bunch of emoticons in there to show somebody that you're very happy about what you're saying, or you're not angry at all, yeah. um, it's easy to misread those unless you're having those personal interactions as well. And right. a lot of us try to stay away from that these days. Sadly, I think it's um, very handy to have phones and technology access and it's quicker, it's less messy, you, you don't have to deal with the time factor of like, you know, immersing yourself in a conversation and oh my God, what if they ask me how I'm doing today? Right, right. I might actually have to answer, you know, like it, but it's, I think especially during COVID, we all kind of like got into these like places where you lose mm-hmm. connections and you have to have that. We're human, right? right? And it's important to have those conversations. I'm not saying don't send the email. If you need it documented, please send the email. But if it's a person who's in your building or right. in your office, have that hallway conversation or that I'm popping by your classroom conversation because then once they receive the email, they can say, oh, well, when she was speaking with me, this was her tone. This was her affect. This is how what her body language was telling me. So they aren't misreading emails. I love that. Yeah. And you can't say enough about body language, right? I mean, it's so important. I mean, I think they're you guys always leave us with these fantastic um, strategies and tools. And, um, you know, I'm putting you on the spot right now because I'm like, okay, give us some of your amazing advice. But, (laughs) but if you are talking about like setting up, setting yourself up for health, healthy relationships in the workplace, what are some of the key points? Um, Kind of what we already said about recognizing the different tiers of the relationships. Is this a person I should be having this conversation with or how should I approach this conversation based on our relationship? Um, and then the next thing I would say is can, trying to have those conversations and not just put everything in email because we need to be connected with people. And a lot of times that's having eye contact and having a moment to also be able to ask questions and get feedback. But my third thing is when there's a conflict, because there will always be conflicts, there will always be challenges in the workplace and in Mm -hmm. any relationship. Remember that we are working on a common goal and Mm -hmm. it should be me and my coworker or my colleague against the problem or the challenge. We're not against each other. Mm -hmm. So if our issue is something related to testing or our issue is something related to um, a new policy that we're implementing, it's not my idea versus Marissa's idea. It's what's going to be the best outcome for us, for the staff and for our students in our community. So we, we need to make sure that we're not me versus her. Mm -hmm. I think also this is a really hard skill or tip, but recognizing when we might be wrong recognizing that our idea might not be the best and not taking it personal when not possible <laughs> I know, right? Marty. <laughs> <laughs> not taking it personal when our idea just isn't the best and that's okay it doesn't mean we're less than a person less lesser of a teacher or whatever just knowing that there are so many other great ideas that people can share and and we might 
be wrong or we just might, <laughs> you know, we might need to take a step back. I think also before we chat with a coworker, reading our own emotions, Christina mm-hmm. calls it that. I think it's like a mental check-in, like check in mm-hmm. with yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you bringing in something from your morning? Are you bringing in something from another meeting that you had? So really take a scan and, and choose to be present in the situation that's at hand. You know, I have to mention this and I know we're kind of wrapping up, but I'm thinking about this as we're talking. One of the things that I often see as causing conflicts in the workplace is experience. A lot of times it's years of experience for people. Well, we've been doing this Mm. for this many years. Why are we going to do something different? And she's fresh out of college. We're not listening to that 22 year old, but sometimes they have the most groundbreaking or most recent research on things. Also life experiences. If I am trying to address something and I know that Marissa is coming from a residential background, she may have something that benefits us in the school setting, even though she's not been in the school setting for a very long time. So we need to acknowledge our own and our coworkers experiences and how that actually enhances our relationships and isn't necessarily um, something that causes a problem for our relationships. Such a great point. And I think that to your to your point there, that is so frequent. It's very, very common to fall into a rut, um, for lack of a better word. But you can um, get uh, sidetracked by, well, we've always done it this way. And, um, you know, who, are, who is she to bring a new idea or whatever the case may be? But to your point, especially in an education field, you know, if you have somebody who's coming in from another industry who has a fresh perspective and can bring other tools to, mm-hmm. and ideas and, I mean, what an asset to the organization. Right. right. And it kind of breaks up some of that group think. Well, yes. the social workers always think this way yes. and the middle school teachers always think this way and the admin always think this way. But if you can have just one person kind of throwing out a, an idea, not to necessarily say, wow, Marissa, your your idea was terrible, but right. to say, this may be more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we go with what's more effective and not taking that personally? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And applicable to any industry mm-hmm. um, where there's lots of experience and degrees and, you know, <laughs> Marty, gets <laughs> It's They're everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> um, guys, Intellectuals are everywhere. <laughs> on our last point, I do want to say something that um, I think is so important in any relationship, to me anyway, is listening. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time in our workplace settings, especially, but even in at home and stuff, doing a lot of talking. <laughs> And how, how important is it to be an active listener um, when, you're, when you're in the workplace setting with your interpersonal relationships, resolving conflict and all of that? Active listening is key, yes? Yes. yes. I, I think of the word imperative. It's not just important, but you have to do it. If you are going to have positive workplace relationships, you have to be willing to listen, not just hear And a point that I really try to do in my life is when somebody is talking or sharing their opinion or point, I'm not trying to think what my rebuttal will be. Mm -hmm. I want to hear and listen to what they're saying, digest it, and then respond. Yes. I love that because people very often listen to respond and not listen to hear. And one of of the things I was just reading was saying that typically the typical American adult will listen for 17 seconds. (gasps) 
17 <laughs> seconds and then they oh interrupt God. someone. 17 mm-hmm. seconds and then you're waiting what? to say what? you're... 17 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Marty, 17 <laughs> seconds. I, I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> and it's so you're, you're just listening so that I can respond. Oh, I know what I can say to that. You know, instead of what is she really trying to express to me? She's telling me this point and I'm waiting so I can give her a solution to the problem, but she doesn't want a solution. She just wants me to hear her. Sometimes our coworkers just want us to listen to where they're coming from, to understand what their perspective on something is. They're not asking you to solve their problem. So that can be a huge part of it. The active listening piece. That's pretty, that's, that's like the first time I've heard that to listening, not listening to respond. Um, what would you say it again? <laughs> are you? I love Martin. Are you teasing okay. or are you He's being no, serious? No, no, I'm being serious <laughs> because that's it's a great thought. People listen to respond instead of listening to hear. Right. We had a, a previous superintendent. One of my favorite lines that he would use on a regular basis is, "Are you listening or are you just waiting to talk?" Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. And too. it really would like stop you like, well, I guess I am kind of waiting to talk. <laughs> right, right. Go ahead. I'll listen uh-huh. now. <laughs> well, guys, as always, ladies, I say guys, just I throw that out there all the time. Yeah, I say but, hi, guys, to all the little me. preschoolers. Hey, guys. I know. Uh-huh. I do that, too. Well, thank you so much. As always, it's it's been a while since you guys have been here. We've had a number of shows in between, and we really appreciate you. Appreciate you also for um, bearing with us and retaking this show because we had oh, a had lot to of points. Just jab the knife. I'm in sorry. A little further. I'm, I, it was an elbow. <laughs> yeah. It was an elbow walk. It wasn't a jab. Interpersonal relationships. Sir. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, we're looking forward to the next topic. Do you know what we're going to talk about next time we meet? Have you guys thought about that? Ooh, we can give them a little know. teaser. I, I don't know. I know, I know we've mind had, we melding. Had some, I, oh, mind melding. <laughs> I think Marty will leave that one. Yeah, right. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, we had a couple ideas written down, and I we think, wanted to tailor some things for our students as well. Yep. Oh, nice. So. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk more on that because uh, that's something to look forward to. We talk about our uh, clientele here um and our relationships and today you know and with our colleagues but we have lots of relationships interpersonally and um organizationally here in the school district and be great to talk about all of those so thank you so much again for being here thank you thank you for having us thank you for bearing with me <laughs> See you later.